When I was studying the last week or two, um, reading through Paul's letters, I kept noticing his goal, because he said it, was that he wanted to strengthen and encourage. So there were times he had to get on to these new believers because they just didn't know. <laughs> or maybe they forgot and he had to redirect them. But his goal is my goal today, and that is to strengthen and encourage you no matter where you are on your spiritual walk. And my subject today, if you haven't picked up by all the songs, <laughs> is prayer. When Dustin asked me a few weeks to speak this Sunday, instantly I felt like God dropped that in my heart. And there was a reason I had started to notice a lot of um, comments about prayer, like uh, in our ministry team uh, meeting that we, we meet in weekly, I noticed some people talking about this. I noticed in our life groups and on Facebook, people have a lot of different emotions about prayer. Like some of y'all, I would hear you talk about how exciting and how you love to pray. And then others were like, you know, I'm not even sure I know how to pray. Some of us were like, well, am I effective in my prayer? And what I was starting to pick up on quite a bit was that people were feeling guilty for not praying enough. And we're going to talk about that today. This I want to let you know. If you've ever wondered about prayer, if you've got questions about prayer, if you just wish somebody would teach you how to pray, you're in great company. Because even Jesus' disciples, the guys that hung out with him day in and day out at one point said, Jesus, we need you to teach us to pray. So you're in a good spot. And really, no matter how long we live for the Lord and how long we've been praying, we want to do it more. We want to do it better because we get to spend time with God. In fact, I can just imagine when his disciples say, hey, Jesus, can you teach us to pray? What do you think his countenance looked like? I think he smiled. Can you imagine how the God of all creation felt when his disciples said, teach us to have better communication skills with you? That's what prayer is. We're communicating with God. So you all know me, and you know I love my Bible stories. So instantly when I started preparing, I came up with some great stories that I wish I could share with you all. Um, and if you're taking notes, here's a couple that you can read at home because I can tell you we're not going to have time today. But I thought, first of all, I thought of Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and 2. Then I thought of Nehemiah. Have you even heard of Nehemiah? Ooh, great story on prayer in the book of Nehemiah. Then I thought of Daniel, one of my favorite Old Testament characters. I thought of when you read his book, ooh, it shows you so much about prayer. Then I thought of David, all those psalms, songs, prayers. And to be honest, I've used a lot of his prayers when there were times that maybe I couldn't kind of get my act together. I would turn to a psalm, and as I prayed, I borrowed one of David's prayers. I could feel the presence of the Lord, and they became my prayer. And we could talk about each of these. And in fact, I took three pages of my notes out because I want to get through this today. <laughs> so I'm doing you all a favor. Um, so I decided I was going to start somewhere really practical because 
whenever we all, every one of us, begin our journey with Christ, we know we need to develop time of prayer. You know, we're told you need to pray, you need to read your Bible, right? Has anybody heard that before? But then I don't want to just drop it and say you need to do this. I want to kind of guide you how to do it, okay? So I did this really deep thing, and I text our pastors and our pastor's wives and some of our our prayer team members, and I simply asked them, where do you pray? Because I think the best place to start when you're learning how to pray is to develop a habit. I want you to start thinking about a place that you design to pray. And it's going to look different for every one of us because we're in different seasons of life. Some of us have babies. Some of us have grown kids. Some of us have school-age kids, and it doesn't matter. I don't care if you're in third grade. You can develop a prayer habit. Did you know that? So this is some of the feedback I got. One of the comments back was that, well, my place of prayer looks like my home office every morning. Somebody else said, well, my place to pray is my kitchen table in the morning. Somebody else said, well, when it's warm weather, I like to go outside on my porch and have some alone time with the Lord. But in cold weather, I move inside, and I have the special chair I sit in right next to the dog kennel. You can make anything your prayer uh, time and place. Uh, oh, I loved this one. One of our really young couples, uh, couples with children, I asked him, okay, where do you pray? And he was so honest. He said, to be honest, it doesn't look the same every day right now in my life. Sometimes it's in our guest room or in the basement or even sometimes I get away at work in the warehouse and I find me a little place to pray. Uh, but I really like when I can get in front of the fireplace when the whole family is sleeping. Yeah, good. And then his wife told me, very candidly, the only place I can find that really works for me right now in life is when I'm washing dishes daily and the kids are taking a nap. And she said, in her words, God meets me at my sink. You can make anything work. Somebody said, guess who? They like to pray in the church office every day. Um, one of them said, um, oh, in the living room. In the morning, they like to get up in the living room uh, and they pray. And then sometimes when they're driving or if they get the time to take a walk or do some hiking. And I've heard that a lot. A lot of people like to pray out when they're walking or running or hiking. I don't care where. Just develop someplace. And this one really hit the heart because I'm in really um, familiar territory here. One lady told me, I used to get up an hour and sometimes more and pray in my office. But life has kind of changed lately and I'm back to work full time. So now my prayer time looks like I leave early for work so I can have alone time in my car before I go into the office. And to wrap it up, mine, as many of you know, is um, right now in this season of my life, I like to get up before Steve's awake, before my phone starts dinging and ringing, and I like to curl up on the couch with my blanket and my cup of coffee. I've got my box of tissues because I'm a crier. And I like my journal and an ink pen because I want to write down the things I'm praying for so that I can come back and remember what God has answered for me.
helps me to remember to thank God. And it also builds my faith to know, you know what? He did that for me before. What's he going to do for me next? I can trust him. But let's be real. It didn't always look like that. Because I had babies too. I remember how it feels to be up all night feeding babies, praying, God, let them go to sleep, please. But I tried to think, I didn't even consider until yesterday when I was praying and studying that my prayer time, a lot of time at that stage of my life, was in the middle of the night, sitting on the couch, feeding my baby. And we had a bay window in our house in Florissant. And as I was feeding Dustin his bottle, I could look out and see the stars. I could see the trees blowing. And it made me think of God. And it was just a great opportunity for me to pray. And ladies with babies, that might be the only time you have any quiet. <laughs> so use that time. Just one of the feedings, instead of scrolling through Facebook and seeing what everybody's doing or checking Instagram, take that time and pray. You might ask me, is that even a biblical concept? To have a place to pray? Have you ever thought about that? Or is that just something we Americans have come up with lately? No, it's in the Bible. You know, I mentioned Daniel, one of my favorite Old Testament characters. Well, one day at work, he heard um, some rumblings going on, and it was going to definitely affect him. So I love this in the book of Daniel, chapter 6, verse 10. It says, he, referring to Daniel, went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its window open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, as he always had. So he had a usual place that he went, and it was just something he always did. He had developed his prayer life into a habit, a good habit. You know, as I was studying, I got to thinking, when was, in fact, I Googled, when was the first mention of prayer? And really what I found was from the beginning of creation, since God made mankind, he had this plan that we would just communicate. In the second chapter of Genesis, the very beginning of the book, he had told Adam the trees he could eat of and the tree not to. So obviously there was some communi communication going on there. It didn't call it prayer, but communication, right? And then as far as a, a place to pray, in the third chapter, we see that God comes looking for Adam and Eve in the cool of the night in the garden, because apparently that's where they met. So yes, from the beginning of time, God has really wanted to communicate with his people. And Jesus being um, our main example, who wants to be like Jesus? I mean, that's our goal, right? I found this that I thought was really interesting. What did Jesus' prayer life look, by, look like? Ready? And I'm going to go kind of fast, and I'm going to need my glasses for this. But, okay, Jesus, he prayed alone. He prayed in public. He prayed before meals. He prayed before making important decisions. He prayed to just do the Father's will. He prayed at his baptism. He prayed in the morning. He prayed at night. He prayed after healing people. 
He prayed while speaking to the Jewish leaders. He prayed and he gave thanks to the Father before feeding the 5,000. He prayed before walking on the water. He prayed while he was healing a deaf man. He prayed at the transfiguration. He prayed before raising his good friend Lazarus from the dead. He prayed for the little children. He prayed and asked the Father to glorify his name. He prayed at the Lord's Supper. He prayed for Peter's faith. He prayed for himself. He prayed for his disciples. And he even prayed for you. And he prayed for me right before he went to Gethsemane. And how we know that? Because in John chapter 17, verse 20, Jesus is praying and he says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but for all who ever believe in me through their message. Have you believed the message of Jesus Christ? Jesus prayed for you and me. Jesus prayed three times in the Garden of Gethsemane before Judas came to betray him. He knew he was coming. While he was hanging on the cross, Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. He prayed while hanging on the cross, struggling with his flesh. As he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And as he drew his last breath, he prayed, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Jesus prayed. And he told us to pray too. He told us that we could pray about anything. He told us that we should pray in faith and believe in and don't doubt it. But he said, before you pray, make sure if you have any grudges against anybody, clear that up first. If you want the, the Father to forgive you of your sins, make sure you're forgiving others of their sins. Jesus said, ask. Ask, and you'll receive. He said, seek, and you're going to find. He says, knock. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. Did I miss up something? So don't give up. Just keep praying. And I love this because sometimes we might not think about this, but he told us how not to pray. Do you know that? Jesus told us how not to pray. In fact, right before he goes into the beautiful example he gives of the disciples, to the disciples on how to pray, he says, but when you pray, and I love that phrase, he assumes we're going to pray, right? Because he said, when you pray. He said, don't pray like the hypocrites. Don't go on the street corners and in the synagogues and pray out loud and have everybody looking at you so that they will think you're really cool and really spiritual. Because if that's what you do, that's the only reward you're getting. But he said, instead, go find a quiet place. Go find a closet. Shut the door and pray to your father in private. And then he will reward you in private. And then the second thing he said, how not to pray, he said, and when you pray, don't babble on and on and on like the other religious people do because they think their chants or their babbles 
is what gets their prayers answered, but it's not. Because your heavenly father already knows what your needs are. He just wants to hear it from you. So be you when you pray. And then he goes on and he says, but when you pray, this is what I want you to do. Okay? I think this is all something we can quote together. We call it the Lord's Prayer. When he said, okay, what is that? You hear that? Or is that me? Help me, Jay. <laughs> they should never let me wear this thing. I hit it with my glasses. I know it just went. Okay. And if it doesn't work, we'll hit. Okay. 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 We're going to go back to the Lord's Prayer. Thank you, babe. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. Okay, ready? You want to quote it with me? And this is from the King James Version. Because I think, I think this is, <laughs> I think this is the method we all know, the, the version we all know, okay? And I want you to say it with me. Okay, this is the example Jesus gave us to pray when he said, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom the and the glory forever. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? But remember he said that we weren't supposed to just babble on and on or quote on and on, but to use it as an example. So I was kind of going through my um, prayer journal, like, what does that look like in Crystal's language? And you have to find your own. But I thought, okay, usually when I start praying, I start with my heavenly father. I love you. I glorify you. There is none like you. And then I go on to, God, today I'm just asking you for your will in my life, like, like the way your will is done in heaven, when the angels are going to your bidding or whatever you need in heaven, however that looks, that's how I want your will to be done in my life. Daily, Lord, you know exactly what I'm going to need today, way more than I know. So I'm going to depend on you, and I'm just asking you to provide my needs today and those of my family. When I say, God, forgive me of anything in my life that's not pleasing to you. There might be things I'm not even aware of, and I ask God, would you show me what that is so I can fix it? And then please help me, God, forgive anybody that I'm still holding a grudge against. I want to forgive them. When he says to pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, how Crystal would say that is, God, I know today there's going to be opportunities to get me off of the track. There's going to be things that are going to tempt me and things that will try to get me out of your will. But I'm asking that you keep me on the path today that you want me to go on. And then, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. This is an easy one. When you love to magnify the Lord, you're like, Lord, 
You have all power in heaven and earth. And I praise you in advance of the things that I've even prayed for. Because I know whether I understand it or not, you've heard my prayer. And you're going to answer it according to your riches and glory. Amen. Which means, okay, let this all be so. So I'm just saying to pray how you pray in your language. Uh, I was thinking about our congregation because we are a family. And as any healthy family, you're going to have babies and you're going to have toddlers and you're going to have teenagers and you're going to, you know, and that's how we are spiritually. Some of us are fairly new believers or maybe there might be some of you that are not even sure yet if you believe. So we're all just starting wherever we're at to build our faith and prayer life. And so I got to thinking, you know, some of us have been praying a long time. Some of us are just starting to learn how to pray. Um, some of us are loud. Some of us are soft. Some of us like to kneel when we pray. Some of us like to sit. Some of us like to curl up in a blanket on the couch. So it doesn't matter. Some of us cry a lot. Uh, and some of us just get up and walk around the house and pray and sing praises. Or maybe some of us do all of the above. And I think God loves it. He loves you being you as long as you're communicating with him. That is his desire. But remember how it feels when somebody calls you. And they ask advice from you, and they really want to hear what you say, but they don't shut up long enough for you to give them that advice. I know we all can be guilty of that when we pray, too. Make sure you're listening for God's answer. Make sure you have your Bible with you. Make sure you have some quiet time so you can hear his response. You know, prayer is not just me making a list of all of my desires. Prayer is me lining up so I know God's desires. And I want you to know that something happens when you pray. You might think, oh, prayer isn't that big of a thing. It's just a habit I need to get into and touch base and go on with my day. But I want you to know there's something that is happening when you pray. That's why the enemy tries to keep us from doing it. I saw a quote um, yesterday on Facebook, um, and somebody said, um, pray, P-R-A-Y, without ceasing, because the devil prays, P-R-E-Y, without ceasing. So keep praying. Keep praying. Um, so what happens? What happens? Okay, let's go back to Daniel. Okay. Now, Daniel uh, chapter 10 opens, and he is starting a 21-day prayer and fasting, okay? So he's decided he needs to hear from God. There's something serious going on. He wants to hear from God. So he's going to fast while he's praying for these 21 days. So he decides he's not going to eat any meat, not going to eat anything sweet. In fact, he's not going to do any niceties. He's just going to do the bare minimum, um, because he's sincere and wanting God's attention. Okay, so he starts. Day one, nothing happens. Day four, nothing happens. But he continues. Day 10, day 15, 
still nothing. Have you ever felt that way when you prayed? But he didn't give up, and I'm encouraging you, don't give up. Because something really amazing happens when you pray. And so in chapter 10, day 21 comes along, okay? And Daniel is down by the river, Tigris, have you pronounced that? And he looks up and he sees a man. And the Bible says this man is dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looks like a precious gem, like a jewel. His face flashed like lightning, and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze, and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. And when he started talking, Daniel did exactly what you and I would have done. He painted. <laughs> Let's be real. This was a vision that only Daniel saw. And it totally freaked him out, as it would you and I. But then we later find out it's the angel Gabriel. He gets down and he says, hey, Daniel, I got something to tell you. And he starts with this, and some of you ladies have heard me say this before because it has impressed me so much. But he said, Daniel, you are very precious to God. I want you to just take a second here. Think of somebody in your life that you would consider really precious to you. Is it your baby? Is it your wife or your husband or your kids, who would you say is really precious to you? And what does that make you feel like when you think of that person? And that's how God thinks about you. You are precious to God. And the angel goes on, he says, so listen up. And he goes on and he tells him, and he says, um, 21 days ago when you started praying, yeah, your prayer request got to heaven. God heard it. But he said something happened. He said, I, I started to come give you the message from God, your answer. But he said, um, I was stopped by the spirit prince of Persia. He blocked my way. See, Daniel lived in Persia at that time. So the angel was telling him he was coming on day number one. But there was a spirit prince of Persia that stopped him, and he had to call for another angel to come help him out. So Michael, the other angel, came to finish the task with the spirit prince of Persia. And you want to know what that means? I don't know. I think it's something bigger than what we can really explain, and there might be some people with a lot more theological background than I that could better explain that. But what I do know is when you pray... Something starts happening in an unseen world that we don't even know about. In fact, the Apostle Paul mentions it in Ephesians chapter 6 when he says, we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but we are fighting against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. 
it's not spooky. It's just beyond what we normally think of. God is a spirit, and there is a spirit world. And when we pray, we activate things. You know, our prayers do so much more than what we even know. Wherever you are in your prayer walk, you're building your prayer habits wherever you are. Know that you need to pray. Your kids need you to pray. Your friends need you to pray. You need to pray. See, I know a lot of times we talk about finding that quiet time to pray, and I highly recommend it. But I just want you to know, if you're having trouble finding a quiet time to pray, pray through the noise. Pray through the chaos. You got five kids running around? Yeah, just pray while they're running around screaming around the house. I don't care. Just pray. God wants us to pray. And I wanted to, again, I mentioned that I just want to encourage you and I want to strengthen you. I'm just hoping that maybe something, no matter where you are in your spiritual walk and your prayer life, that maybe something that we've talked about today gives you an idea or a thought. Or maybe the Holy Spirit is prompting you to walk along as a younger Christian to help teach them and motivate them to pray. Because we all need to pray. We all need to pray. I'm going to tell you, have you started praying? However much, however little, I'm going to say good for you. You're praying. Don't let yourself get discouraged. Don't feel guilty. Just start building on whatever little time you have to pray. I'm going to tell you, as you do, you're going to fall in love with spending time in God's presence praying. So let me strengthen you. Let me encourage you. Pray.